Hello, welcome to Not For Educational Purposes, where we take a random subject we know nothing about and attempt to understand more about it using the internet, while we careen off-topic and see how far away from the original purpose of the show we can get. Please be advised, this podcast is so unhinged that we lost the door centuries ago. There will be nonsense, chaos, lots of giggles, and most importantly, swearing and possibly mild sexual content. You know, all the fun stuff, not for children. Listen at your own discretion. A general trigger warning for this show, we tend to talk about a lot of things that involve the human body, blood, and death, and possibly sex occasionally. So, uh, fair warning. We do talk about things that are occasionally unsavory, so if you do not want to listen to that, be forewarned. There we go. Perfect. We good? Alright. Uh, hello, welcome to Not For Educational Purposes. Uh, I am Kai. I'm Nova. And I'm James. Yay! Uh, we are decided to do a new thing today. So we are recording this podcast on January 28th, 2022. And we are going to look back at this day in history. Tell me a fact, Nova. <laughs> so today in history, in uh, 1986, the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded just after liftoff. Oh, God! <laughs> That's the fact I was excited about. Nice. You know, what was, what was even worse about that in particular is it was the first teacher that went up in space, oh. as far as I remember. Aw, oh, boo. Yeah. Everyone died. It was a space shuttle that exploded as it was in liftoff. Yep. On January 28th, 1986, the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded 72 seconds after launch from Cape Canaveral, killing all seven crew members, including civilian teacher Kristen McAuliffe. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I feel like I definitely was too excited over this fact. I have, but, I have more facts. Sort of fact. Yeah. I have more well, facts from January 28th. I do too. Ooh. I'm not sure. Are you on History Net? Uh, no. Oh, okay. then we might have different facts. Ooh. What are your facts? Uh, in 1547, Henry VIII died, and nine-year-old Edward VI became king of England. Nice. Oh, oh. Henry VIII was the worst. He was a dick. Talk about a fucking headache. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have one. Uh -huh. In 1792, rebellious slaves in San... San Santano Domingo launched an attack on the city of Cap. Excellent. We I love that. I hope they went, nah, I'm going to kill all of them. Ah. Yeah, there were. I'm into that. I like it. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, okay, did they usually have, like, children kings? Because that feels like a yeah. really bad idea. Like, if I was a child and was a king, yeah. that would have been a bad kingdom. So, like, here's the thing. Um, when a child, like, if, if the child is too young to properly rule, then there will be a regent that rules in their place until the child is of age. So, like, usually until they were about maybe 15, uh, there That's would- too young! I know, but that was the quote-unquote age of maturity at the time. <laughs> I know, it's gross. It's real gross. I don't like That's it at all, but- <laughs> I- I have a fact to add on to that. Oh. If the age of 15. So the James knows this one too. Uh, your brain actually quits developing. Like it's done developing at 25. 
Yeah. So you you aren't yourself until you are 25. Yep. Kids were running things at at 15. I was still making dumb decisions. I'm still making dumb decisions currently. They should not have 15 year olds running anything. I'm be perfectly honest. I'd prefer a 15 year old over a 75 year old. Yeah. Well, yeah. 100%. Because I think it's at 60, your cognitive reasoning skills, like yeah. that part of your brain starts to deteriorate. Yeah. I would much rather someone who's going to possibly improve than someone who is going yeah. to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still don't want a 15 year old. No, I don't either. Oh, but. man. It's like 10 years before your brain is fully developed, 15 years after your brain starts dying. Which one would you rest? <laughs> yeah. You know, like the best of. Yeah. Like, worse the two evils or whatever. At least the two evils. Yeah. And plus, like, they had, like, a whole, uh, like, setup full of people that, like, were loving and supportive. Well, not really, but, like, it's not which family you're talking about in the royalty. But, like, they yeah. had people around, so they had a support system. Like, that king that was 15 years old is going to be able to listen and talk to his, like, family members and clients. I feel like all of it was really based on power, though. And, oh, like, yeah. The way they interacted with it. Well, like, you're like, how can I get in more power? Loving and compassionate, depending no. on the families we're talking. Like, if they put the the regent person in charge, I'm surprised he didn't find a way to like kill the fucking king. They well, try. I mean that depends on who the regent is, right? Like in uh, was it Queen Hatshepsut of Egypt, mm -hmm. who became a pharaoh because she was mad at everybody yeah. thinking she was a queen, <laughs> um, was the regent for her son because the king died and the son was like one. <laughs> Oh, no. literally can't make any decisions at all so she was named regent and her uh period of rule until the king came of age at like 16 was one of the most peaceful times in egyptian ancient egyptian history yeah. and then he straight up was like nah i don't like the fact that you're regent and like killed her when he was 20 didn't like <laughs> they try to wipe her from history oh they absolutely did yeah yeah. Oh, man. He got he got real salty that his mom was ruling in his place even though he wasn't allowed to rule. <laughs> he was she was better at it than he would be. Yeah. Oh man. I'd be like freaking That's one of the times where you go like I brought you into this world and I could take you out. Like yeah. No. At the very least she was a loving mother though, so that's props to her. <laughs> but yeah. like eh. <laughs> I bet somebody got in his head. Like, if she was a loving oh, yeah, woman, absolutely. Somebody probably yeah. got in his head. He was like, you're the one that needs to be ruling. And he was like, yeah! And then killed her. Because children are uh, malleable like that. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. That's why it's dangerous. Yeah. Specifically because how yeah. malleable they are. Yeah. Were there any other, like, pharaohs that were AFAB people? Do we know? I... Uh... I think most of them were cis men. I think she, I don't remember. I think she, was she wore like a beard or something? Or she like did. Kind of so in order beard? to gain the respect of the people who thought that having a queen was weird, um, she had people draw her as a man. And when she was doing like political work, she would put on a beard and uh, like, oh, yeah. Effectively, everybody knew that she was not a man, but in order, like, to, for the political propaganda. <laughs> she said, I'm a drag king. I'm a drag king. Exactly. 
<laughs> I'm also your real king, so shut the fuck up and listen. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. That's gotta be... That's so wild, though, because if she ran... Like, if everything was so much better when she was in charge, like, you would have thought they'd been like, huh. No. Why are you just stuck with this one? Because this man say so. Well, I don't... This man freaking... say so, we must do. No. <laughs> no. This man say so, he, he high ruler, high ruler. We, we, yeah. We local. No. She was the, oh. uh, the fifth pharaoh of the 18th dynasty of Egypt. Okay. She was the second historically confirmed female pharaoh. There oh, you go. The first after oh god I'm gonna butcher this uh I'm so white I am so white uh um she was a pharaoh of ancient Egypt and the last ruler of the twelfth dynasty of the Middle Kingdom she ascended to the throne following the death of a person who I'm not going to name who was possibly her brother and husband which is kind of gross but <laughs> their relationship is unproven instead she ins asserted legitimacy through her father her reign lasted three years 10 months and 24 days occurring according to the turin king list interesting i like oh. that how what was it like during her reign was she did she do a good job uh it the kingdom middle kingdom was in decline by the time of her ascension there's not a lot of information regarding the reign of the person just before her okay so middle kingdom was in decline by the time of her ascension the peak of the middle kingdom is attributed to that person and someone else i'm not going to pronounce any of these names because i'm going to be real bad at them the first one formed the basis for the legendary character Sisostris? Oh gosh. There's so many names that I can't pronounce. Someone built a pyramid. Okay. And reigned for 39 years. Was uh, that a dude or a lady? That was a dude. Okay. There's another dude who presided over a peaceful Egypt okay. that consisted of monumental constructions, mining expeditions. His reign lasted 45 years. Good lord. And he built two pyramids. So this is the kingdom nice. that she's coming into. She okay. only she only reigned for four years. But as with her predecessor, there are few surviving records. So we don't actually know. Do I feel like they take out all of the like peaceful time records? They're just like, nah, we're not keeping these. Let's I remember mean, it's, all. It's possible. Um, you know, like if you don't need them, if nothing's happening, then <laughs> Well, you can be like, look at these peaceful times and how everything went well in comparison yeah. to these terrible times when nothing went well. Why don't instead we all get along and have yeah. things go well? I remember his name. He was a white man. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He was talking to the Australian governor or whatever, and he was like, so how did it work out for you? Like, being really facetious on, like, uh, playing around, like, sat satirically about, like, guns being good, you know? So like, how did it work out for you with, like, you took all the guns away? That must have been awful. And it was like, no, people got murdered less what do you mean he was just like there was no that's murders. ridiculous i can't remember the exact conversation but like there was this whole little bit about it and it was yeah like he was like well you still have murders and he's like yeah but our gun murders <laughs> dropped exponentially like there's you're not gonna stop if someone wants to murder someone they're gonna murder someone but at least you're making them work for it exactly. like you gotta yeah. put time and effort into that shit <laughs> it there can't was, be too easy there was um I saw a TikTok going around of like 
of a, a teacher in the States being really concerned that a lot of countries don't have lockdown drills. And our responses to that was, we have gun law. Yep. <laughs> like... Hold on, have, like, lockdown there. drills? No, because... No one the, gets shot there. The con it's not that no one gets shot. It's just that the access to guns that would be real that like you know are used in shootings are really hard to get without a license my it's super easy to get here without a license like, yeah you don't need a license to own a gun in the states you literally just have to be yeah. white or buy it from somebody who's like on the street yeah. so you need a license to own a gun in canada my high school like went into oh, wow. a lockdown once a year not yeah. because it was a drill but because someone came outside with a gun yeah so my like my school one of my high schools did a lockdown procedure okay. once a year like it was it was like because we also do earthquake drills because we okay. were in an earthquake zone and so, fire drills yes and fire drills because fire <laughs> fire gets everywhere fire drills because, like, they interrupt anything that you're doing, and they're just like, you have to go outside. That's fair. I didn't like fire drills because I liked school, and the thing was really, really loud, and it made me super uncomfortable. Yeah, but once you got outside, you got to, like, go in a field no, and not so be... I could not imagine, like, being excited about going outside in a fire drill, because I'm in the middle of writing, like, an essay or something in English class, and all of a sudden, these whirring fucking noises are loud throughout the yeah. entire school. I'm disoriented. I can't finish my fucking essay, and the teacher said it's due by the end of the fucking class, and I don't care that there's a fire drill. My essay needs to get done. <laughs> I'm upset. And you have to leave all your stuff in the room. Exactly. Gotta leave all my stuff, like, in the, in the classroom. I do understand, like, <laughs> if you didn't like school the fire drill was like the best thing ever because you got to go outside and sit in the grass and like yeah, wait like, for I'm teachers and be like chill out but you know as someone who was probably working on something now I have to sit in the wet grass for 30 minutes and like Sounds kick cute. at it a little bit because you weren't always in a class with your friends and you weren't allowed to talk to your friends because you had to sit in a line and like <laughs> someone had to count heads anyway mm -hmm. I was uncomfy, did not like fire drills or tornado drills, and like any of the drills. How about you just let me do what I wanted to do and go oh, home? Oh yeah, I guess you guys would have had, wherever you live, had tornado drills. We don't have to do that here. Yeah, we used to, you take textbooks and you put them over your head <laughs> and you go in the hallway. Textbooks? No, it's, it's textbooks or something else. No, yeah, because you would like protect your back. Yeah, oh. I was right. You grab a textbook and you like... You sit in like a in a boulder formation with your head against a wall and the book like over your neck. And if uh, you didn't have a book, you had to put your hands over the back of your neck. Yeah, see, that's what we would do for earthquake drills, except you don't go into a wall. You basically like hide under your desk with your. But you have to go back. into the hallway because then there's no because there's no windows in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what the desk was for. So, like, if the yeah. glass if the glass shattered, which it would in a really bad earthquake, then the the idea is that being underneath a surface is going to a protect you from that, and b protect you from possible falling beams from the ceiling. Yeah, well, I think the the but, difference between an earthquake and then a tornado is the winds that yes. comes with a tornado is like it, it doesn't care what yeah. you're under it's gonna just come straight yeah. at you it's gonna but like take that and you <laughs> yeah earthquake works with gravity versus a tornado which works against it yes
Yes, indeed. All right. Do we have what's the what's what's the thing? Give me some stuff. Oh, all right. Yeah. Let me let me give you a fact. Do we want a brain fact or a, a bizarre historical fact? Well, we're kind of on history, so let's keep going with that. All right. In 1952, Albert Einstein declined an offer to become the second president of the states of Israel. Of the state of Israel. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Uh, wasn't, wasn't Albert Einstein autistic? He was a fucking genius, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's widely presumed that he was autistic. It would, it would make no sense for him not to be. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love that he always looks insane in all of his pictures, but like he's having the best time. Yeah. He's just like, hey, I'm here to have a good time. Well, no, because he's got that picture with his tongue all sticking out, and he's like, heh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Albert Einstein, who was Jewish, but not an Israeli citizen, was offered the presidency in 1952, but turned it down, stating, I am deeply moved by the offer from our state of Israel and at once saddened and ashamed that I cannot accept it. All my life, I have de dealt with objective matters, hence I lack both the natural aptitude and the experience to deal properly with people and to exercise official functions. Yep. Super awesome. They, yep. yep. They said, you want power? And he said, no, thank no. you. No. <laughs> that's, that's not for me. I would, yeah. just to like, I would just like to work on my physics. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, can we just science? That'd be, that'd be great. Just like to keep oh, sciencing. Man. Yeah. I for that. Yeah. That continues to be like, Einstein was a good person. Yeah. Like, yeah. At the very least, he wasn't a bad person. Yeah. yeah. And he I think, like, you know, whether, whether or not he was good, we would have to talk to people who knew him at the time. But at the very least, he's not a bad person. He's yeah. He's a man, so there's still, you know, room for leeway. Yeah. But like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Intelligent, amazing, fucking, like, creative, big brain person that deserves all the respect. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He made a lot of breakthroughs in science. Do we want a silly fact? Yeah, I love silly facts. In 1807, rabbits attacked ne uh, Napoleon. <laughs> I definitely, yeah. I almost said Neapolitan. <laughs> I thought you were Neapolitan. That's what the word came in my brain. That's what I read. My dyslexic ass was like, that's, hmm, that could be three things. <laughs> And I was gonna say it with such confidence too. Oh my gosh. Bunnies? Yes, rabbits. Rabbits. Is there a difference between rabbits and bunnies? Uh, there's a no. difference between rabbits and hares. Yeah. yeah. Bunnies are, I believe, just a different word for rabbit. I feel like I thought bunnies were like the baby version of rabbits. What is a baby rabbit then? It's just a baby rabbit. No, there's a name for a baby there's rabbit. A, like, how cat, like how kittens are called kittens. They're also called kittens. Oh. oh, interesting. Newborn <laughs> rabbits called kittens or kits. Oh, kits. Uh, oh history tells us that Napoleon's most upsetting defeat came at Waterloo, or it may have occurred eight years earlier after the French emperor was attacked by a relentless horde of rabbits. Oh my God. <laughs> Why was he attacked by a relentless horde of rabbits? We're getting there. Uh, there are a couple versions of this story. Most agree it happened in July 1807 after Napoleon signed the Treaty of Tilsit, which ended the war between the French Empire and Imperial Russia. Looking to celebrate, the emperor proposed a rabbit hunt, asking Chief of Staff Alexandre Berthier to make it happen. Berthier arranged an outdoor luncheon, invited some of the military's biggest brass, and collected a colony of rabbits. 
Some say Berthier took in hundreds of bunnies, while other claims he collected as many as 3,000. Regardless, there were a lot of rabbits, and Berthier's men caged them all along the fringes of a grassy field. When Napoleon started to prowl, accompanied by beaters and gun bearers, the rabbits were released from their cages. The hunt was on. But something strange happened. The rabbits didn't scurry in fright. Instead, they bounded towards Napoleon and his men. Hundreds of fuzzy bunnies gunned it for the world's most powerful man. <laughs> Napoleon's party had a good laugh at first, but as the onslaught continued, their concern grew. The Sea of Longers was storming Napoleon quicker than revolutionaries had stormed the Bastille. The rabbits allegedly swarmed the emperor's legs and started climbing up his jacket. Napoleon started shooing them with his riding crop as his men grabbed sticks and tried chasing them. The coachman cracked their bullwhips to scare the siege, but it kept coming. <laughs> According to historian David Chandler, with a finer understanding of Napoleonic strategy than most of his generals, the rabbit horde divided into two wings and poured around the flanks of the party and headed for the imperial coach. These bunnies were ready. They said, fuck you, I'm leaving. They said, uh, this is my fucking world. Like, oh my God. So thousands of bunnies stormed a whole bunch of people. So I, okay, yeah. so what, what you're saying is like, there isn't, we're supposed to be let out into a field so people could go after them and shoot them, right? Yeah. There's an explanation and here. One of the bunnies was like, fuck you. It wasn't malicious. Let me, there, it says, it was Berthier's fault. Rather than trapping wild hares, his men had bought tame rabbits from local farmers. As a result, the rabbits didn't see Napoleon as a fearsome hunter. They saw him as a waiter, bringing out today the day's food. To them, the emperor was effectively a giant head of lettuce. So, like, the bunnies thought that Napoleon was the person bringing them the food for the day. So they were like, oh my god! Did they- did- oh man, that's the first time an emperor turned into a servant. Did they bite him? Probably not. Oh. But, like, if you were swarmed by 300 yeah. rabbits, I'm sure you'd feel a little that. uncomfortable. <laughs> Especially if they kept following you. God, that would be awful. I'm sure that was really funny to watch, though, if you were, like, standing <laughs> off in the sidelines just like they that. Have really sharp nails. And teeth. And teeth. Yeah. Like, that would be uncomfy. If they, even if they were trying to just scratch up your legs and stuff, like, a hundred of them would be terrifying. Yeah. Because yeah. they're fast. They are yeah. fast. Oh, man. I feel like, okay, so I I have a, mem a memory of this story, and I need to know if it's true. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but we'll find out. It's a history thing. It's, a, it's like a pirate, a pirate queen person who was in love with someone else who got ended up, she was sent to like a convent, and the person went to go save the person from the convent. I don't remember. Cause she was like sleeping with some noble, cause she was. They, it was it was a lesbian story. Ah, <laughs> like, it's not uh, Anne Bonny or Mary Reed, is it? I don't know. It was it was back in the olden times. Yes, Tipping the Velvet is the movie that I was thinking of. Um, so there's Tipping the Velvet. There's another lesbian movie that's kind of that kind of sounds like the one that you said. Yeah, but this like ha is history. Oh, then. like it it happened. Then I definitely have not watched that. Uh, no, I use a, uh, there's something I've looked up. It's not like a movie. No. Is it real? I don't I know. Know that the most famous 
one of the like m not most famous most uh successful pirates was a pirate queen i think she she's in asia she, she was, was from asia. china yeah. correct yeah uh, she committed so eighty thousand people uh-huh oh like to the point where the government went to could not take her down they yeah. had to make a treaty with her to be like we won't fuck with you if you won't fuck with us she was really good by herself and then she met this dude who was also know. really good by himself and they got married and combined their crews together and then he got taken by the government to command troops on uh troops on land because they were like oh my god if you can command all these people at sea, like, we want you for our army. Oh, man. And I'm yeah. pretty sure after that, she still, like, plundered the entire ocean. And eventually, yeah. the only way that they got her to stop was to give all of her crew, like, government positions. <laughs> yeah, they all, like, retired and were wealthy and shit. Yeah. Yeah, like... She was a problem, but also, like... <laughs> she was a badass. Yeah. Ugh. So I don't... There was no... Nothing really came up for the search of female pirates sent to a convent. <laughs> no, she, the pirate didn't get sent to a convent. Okay. So it was a pirate, uh -huh. and she was uh, in love with this noble lady like a daughter of someone oh and the daughter got yeah, into yeah. a convent and then the pirate lady broke into the convent gotcha and saved her i think they eventually split but i can't remember much of that uh... this is this is a memory i'm pulling from like years ago oh wait are we sure it's a pirate are we no, sure not it's not an opera singing sword fighter from 17th century France? Yes, it is. <laughs> that is 100% who it is. Yeah. yeah. La Montpin. Uh, Julie D'Aubigny. That's her name. Julie D'Aubigny. Uh, she was the only child to a secretary, the King Louis the... Oh my gosh. 13th. 14th. Master of Horse. Count d'Armanac, one of France's great nobles. She was a sword fighter, ran in the family blood. Notorious for embarking on romantic escapades, she soon ran away to Marseille with her fencing instructor, Seren. <laughs> she was pardoned by the King of France twice. What? For doing what? Uh, she loved nothing better than to duel, and she killed, or at least wounded, more than ten men in doing so. Um... There were anti-dueling laws in France, <laughs> but she managed to win royal pardon on the grounds that the law at the time governed only men. <laughs> it's their fault. The laws didn't say that. anything about women, as the nation assumed women couldn't possibly know how to fight. <laughs> you would think after the first time he had been like, we gotta, we gotta make some laws. Oh. Daubeny's most notorious run-in with the law sounds so absurd that you could easily mistake it for a legend, but there's a shocking truth of the seemingly unbelievable tale. After seducing a local merchant's daughter, who was then sent to a convent to keep the pair apart, she forged an incredible plan. So it was the local merchant's daughter who was sent to a convent, and it was the noble who broke her out of prison. Okay. I think. Um, this is from years ago. Yes. It just so happened that a nun no had passed away, so Daubeny stole the dead body and placed it in her lover's room before setting the whole convent on fire. 
This provided wait, wait. the necessary chaos to elope, though she was later charged with kidnapping, body snatching, and arson, and was sentenced to death by fire. Oh no. She stole a dead body yeah. of a nun and put it in the bed of her lover. Why? And, so that she could take the, the lover and they could elope. So that. Because she set she set the convent on fire. You have no you can't have DNA testing. You can't tell who the fuck was in that bed. <laughs> Look, no one died though from that situation. Well, it doesn't no, say if anyone died. No one important was hurt. It just it just says that she set the convent on fire. So it's possible that everybody escaped. But the dead lady was already dead. <laughs> yeah. But she she was not only talented in sword fighting, but she was also an opera singer. She, she moved she to Paris and used these opera skills to m worm her way out of her death sentence. Oh. Did she not die? I don't think so. This she is a not hard bitch. Like, what the fuck? She said, lay ha ha and catch me if you can. Oh, like, gosh. Oh, my God. Catch me outside. Oops, I set it on fire. <laughs> oh. Chaotic neutral. What the absolute yeah. fuck? She's one her fucking like love interest she did not like move a dead person and set a place on fire yep. she, she's extra she yep. is chaotic neutral in four she's from france <laughs> one critic a... one critic credit her with having the most beautiful voice in the world and so naturally the king agreed that her talent was worth saving <laughs> oh my god he said, hmm. uh, oh man she said i'll serenade you every night before bed came Right before I set your palace on fire. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, she didn't stay out of trouble for long, though. Her her stage name was La Maupin. She may have been pardoned twice, but she didn't stay out of trouble for long. She threatened to shoot the Duchess of Lux Luxembourg. Found herself in court for attacking her landlord and humiliated the popular Countess Marino, to whom she was a maid by adorning the back of her hair with radishes before a grand ball. What? True chaotic neutral. She's crazy. I love her. <laughs> okay, you know what she sounds like? Someone goes, huh, that'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> so sure. She's like the epitome of the hold my beer. Like, yeah. <laughs> she started YOLO. She said, this is yesterday all the time. She did die in a convent in 1707 at the age of 33. How did she get put in a convent? I don't know. Oh, I do know. I lied. She ended her days heartbroken for Madame la Marquise de Florensac, the most beautiful woman in France, who died of a fever in 1705 when Julie was 31. So she died heartbroken. Oh, because, no. Because of a woman. Oh, she was definitely gay. Oh. Like, she was gay. She was super bi. She slept with everybody. Oh. <laughs> she was fucking sexual. Yeah. She was a bard. Yes. yes. She was an exactly. actual bard. Her exactly. instrument. The only thing with story missing is a dragon. Her instrument was her voice, and her yep. weapon of choice was a sword. Yep. Yeah. God damn. They're really out here fucking. She rolled a lot of nat 20s. Yep. She did. I feel like. I feel like her role would have been like a bunch of nat 20s, but also a lot of critical fails. Like, <laughs> she's like, I get one or the other. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like the road to El Dorado, which is basically just a series of nat twenties and critical fails the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and a god that definitely was pretending to be a king. Oh, 100%. He was yeah. not human. <laughs> no. He, he is the one. So I believe that he is the one that made the, the king guy, the... Yeah. What is, what is his name? I forget. I don't remember. But uh, he, he's definitely the one. Like, there was the magic guy, but he, he just only did a little bit of magic. Yeah. And the king definitely made the, like, volcano yeah. erupt into the year. Like, I fully believe that he was just like, not yet. Don't do that yet. Stop. Yeah. And then, like, everyone, like, was like, oh, him. And he was like, yeah, them. Don't look at me. The other the other theory is that the armadillo is in fact the god. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. I, I like to believe the the that could be because I, I We could we could yeah. be super neutral about this and say it was both. Yeah. Could be both. Um both. what the fuck is his name? Well, Chief, like, Chief Tanabok. Yeah. Chief Tanabok. I mean, yeah, that makes sense too. Like, yeah, yes. He also—he's one of my favorite characters. He's that could great. Be, that could him. be my daddy issues, but you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyone who's like a warm, welcoming father figure, just like ah. Oh, here's a fun fact: <laughs> so the person who played Altivo, who's Cortez's horse, is a person <laughs> first of all, uh, and he also voiced the bull that chases Miguel and Tulio at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> So this oh, man makes animal sounds. Hell yeah. Oh man, does he play uh, in Tangled? No, maybe. Yeah. That's a good question. Who plays <laughs> Maximus in Tangled? Uh, Disney just is one guy, one. He's the horse guy. They got hooves, this guy. We, we use this guy. It was not him. That oh. guy was voiced, Maximus was voiced by someone else. I think it is very funny that they use people. Did you? So has anyone, everyone seen Chicken Little? Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. I forget that that movie was about aliens. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But there was a guy that voiced the fish. Yes. Did I pass out through this whole fucking movie? What? This movie was about aliens. Yeah. I thought this movie was about a talking chicken. Chicken no. Little? Chicken Little is about aliens. Hold on, hold on. Wait a second. Let me, hold on one second. Hold on one second. <laughs> Because they lose it. No, wait. Stuart Little. Oh, you're thinking about Stuart Little. Uh, that's a mouse. That's a rat. It's a mouse. Yeah. Rat I was, thing. There was all sorts of madness happening in my brain just then. Uh, is he a rat or is he a mouse? I he's thought a, he was a, a mouse. mouse. Yeah, he might be a mouse. I was thinking Stuart Little. I don't think I have seen Chicken Little. Oh. oh. That's fair. Do you care well, about spoilers? <laughs> oh. No, no, I do not. Okay. There's a fish named Fish Out of Water, which I think is super cute. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he's a fish that walks around. And the only reason he walks around is because he wears a fishbowl on his head so that he can It was like a, breathe. like, you know those old diver suits? <laughs> yeah, it's one yeah, of those. Like an old diver's head, but the water's on the inside? I think, um, I think there is a, I think he starts off with a fishbowl and gets one of those later. But I'm not sure. Fish out of water. Chicken All I know little. is I saw I saw like some sort of interview with someone who it voiced him. It is a diver's was, helmet. Well done. Yeah. So there's an interview with the guy that voices him, and they show a clip of him doing the voices for that fish. And since it's just <laughs> he's using like a giant water cooler and a hose. Yeah, that's what he's he just blowing bubbles. Yeah. So he might have been a foley sound person. Do you know what foley yeah. sound is? Blowing bubbles with inflection. 
Sometimes, yes. Um, so Foley sounds are all of the sounds that you hear in the background of a movie. So like a car passing by or uh, a drop in a puddle or someone walking. The likelihood of that being the actual person in the shot making those sounds as they walk is very slim because the microphone is yeah, meant to pick up voices, not the sound of everything around them. So someone in post-production who works with Foley sound has to recreate the sound of someone walking on gravel or concrete, but they have to do it with like arbitrary weird items. Like coconuts. Like coconuts. Exactly. Oh, I'm thinking about is fucking Monty Python. The whole beginning of that movie where they're just like, they're breaking the fourth wall so hard without yeah. anybody knowing that they're breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. It's like, no, I've got here on or whatever. Like, and he's like, just been tapping these coconuts. And he's like, no, you've got coconuts. Like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's definitely all ours. Um, Never but that's it. so Foley sounds. So that's the that's the idea. So what he was doing was probably closer to Foley sounds than. I mean, he was he was voice acting because obviously you need to be able to do it in a certain way. Yeah, but you have to have like surprise. That's why I say it's bubbles yeah. with inflection because it's like bubbles Whoa. with inflection. Whoa. Indeed. <laughs> uh, his name is Dan Molina. Dan Molina. What voiced voiced fish out of water for Chicken Little. Did he die? No. Oh, the way you said it made it sound like he had died. Oh, my apologies. That was slip. That was a slip of the tongue. <laughs> oh, man, I that I feel like so my memories work like I dreamed them. So I can never tell if it was because I dream very vividly. So I can never tell if like my memory was a dream or reality. Speaking of dreams, I had a dream about both of you two days ago. <laughs> what? So, uh, two days ago, what do you mean? What was the dream? Y'all, so you know how that I'm not going to mention the snap that you sent me, but y'all sent me the snap about the thing that happened next door. Yeah. And yeah. at the end of that, someone mentioned that one of your rooms may or may not be haunted. Yeah. So I had a dream that night okay. about staying at your house. Oh shit. And sleeping in that room. <laughs> But, like, it wasn't haunted in the way that you would think it was haunted. It okay. was, like, one of those, like, you walk in, and then every time you blink, like, everything in the room changes. So, like, the bedspread was changed. Uh, the wall color was changed. The floor changed. And, like, in my brain, I was like, yeah, oh, happened. this is the ghost giving me an illusion. I would like you to stop. Oh, shit. <laughs> I would, I would like this to stop. And like, I was, I was fully fine with going to sleep in this room. And there was like, occasionally I'd, you know, close my eyes and open them and there'd be like words on the blinds because apparently you had blinds in there for some reason. Keep well, in I mind, I've never seen this room before. <laughs> like, I have no idea what this room looks like at your house. It's it's an old mill, so it, it looks like factory, yeah. Yeah, but like in Dreamscape, that doesn't translate to Dreamscape. No, it does nothing not. ever translates to Dreamscape. No, but like, well, yeah, well, yes, but like the, I could I could draw you the layout of the room, but yeah. like anyway, every time like when I blink, like sometimes words would appear on the blinds, like maybe they were in blood 
or paint, but I was kind of just like, dude, I want to sleep. Like, can you chill until I wake up in the morning? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, not right no. now. <laughs> no, it's not, not time for this. You can do this later. Yeah. Like, imagine a ghost just be like, damn it. And I, okay. and like, and I distinctly remember you had, you had me over as a guest and that was the guest room that I was sleeping in. And neither of you wanted to sleep in either that room or the other one. So you were like in the living room on couches. And I was like, <laughs> why? Like, sure. But okay. like, why as the guest am I taking the bed? Like, that's weird for me. <laughs> you know, there's only one bed that makes sense. There's but it was, it was very strange. <laughs> it is a wild dream. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Do we want another fact? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. The most stolen work of artwork in history is the Ghent altarpiece. I don't know what that is. How do you spell that? G-H-E-N-T. G-H-E-N-T. Altar. A-L-T-A-R piece. Oh, man. The theft of the Mona Lisa in 1911 made Leonardo da Vinci's painting famous. Oh. That's funny how that happens. Someone stole it. And they're like, oh, if it's good enough to be stolen, now it's good enough to be famous. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so I had a dream one time that mm. looked exactly like this place that I saw in real life. But it wasn't until, okay, so like I had the dream first. I had the ah. dream like a year before I went to this place. And I was like, it was a terrifying nightmare. And it's someone that I still remember to this day. Like uh, there were zombies. And um, I got to this, like, bar in the middle of the street, which is, like, strange. It was kind of like you want a relay race or something. Mm -hmm. um, oh. But it was like a flag, but it was like a, a metal bar. And I yeah. hopped over and woke up. Um, huh. Yeah, so it was, it was, like, super weird. But the fall was enough to kill me, but I didn't. Like, I hopped back up and I ran out anyways. Oh, this big building that I was in, right? I had this terrible nightmare, and I remembered it for a very long time. I went to fucking North Carolina, this stupid beach city fucking was it Wilmington? I think it's Wilmington. Yeah, it was in Wilmington, North Carolina. And there's this there's this college like um building like inside the college in that town that looked exactly like the place in my dream. And when I walked in there, I was like absolutely not. <laughs> Zombies will happen. Right the out. It was so scary. Oh. Like I I've, I've never had that happen outside of that one time, but like <laughs> dreams can come into reality and it can scare the pants off again. Once oh, was enough. <laughs> Once was enough. That was too much. That was, man. Uh, <laughs> one of the world's greatest masterpieces and surely the most stolen piece of art of all time. Hubert and Jen Van, I don't know how to pronounce that. Ick. <laughs> uh, it's E-Y-C-K. Ick. Sure. X Adoration of the Mystic Lamb, also known as the Ghent Altarpiece, has a new home. But that's not what I wanted to know. I wanted to know how many times it got stolen. Tell me how many times. It has been stolen a dozen times. A dozen? A baker's man. A true dozen, <laughs> I believe. A true dozen. A true dozen. I thought you said two dozen, and I was like, no. that is uh, The Ghent altarpiece, which has been stolen a dozen times, is now protected in a $35 million bulletproof display. <laughs> Does the display cost more than the painting itself? That's a good question. How much does the Ghent altarpiece cost? 
Okay, well, the restoration of the Ghent altarpiece was 2.2 million dollars. Uh, 2.2 million euros, sorry. Which is 2.4 million dollars. So, if that's how much the restoration costs... <laughs> oh my god. I don't think we know how much it costs. Has never been priced? Well... What does this thing look like? Does not say how much it was. This looks like a Jesus thing. It is a Jesus thing. What the fuck? It's uh, definitely a Catholic thing. Bullshit. At the bottom of it, how it's, how it's spelled, or how it's written at the bottom of this frame, for real made my dyslexia read, Van, fuck you. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it said, is it? No. Oh, uh, no. But so, couldn't you, like, if you just looked at it? It does definitely look like Van, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It definitely does. Van E. Ick? Van Ick, yeah. The artist, yeah. Uh, so the panels are organized in two vertical registers, each with double sets of foldable wings containing an inner, inner and outer panel paintings. The upper register of the inner panels represents the heavily redemption and include the central classical, I don't know, uh, arrangement of God, identified either as the Christ the King or God the Father, flanked by the Virgin Mary and John the Baptist. Uh, on the other side are, on each side are the figures Adam and Eve. Why did it take two million euros to restore to it? Fix this painting. Because... I can go to Michael's no. and make something for like $12. Here's the thing. I, <laughs> so I follow uh a youtube channel called Bar called Baumgartner Art Restoration and i highly recommend it because it is very very cool but you get to see all of the work that goes into art restoration and once you see all of the work that goes into art restoration a 2.4 million dollar art restoration for something like this which is huge because it says it's 5.2 by 3.75 meters, which means nothing to you, but there are three feet in a meter. Oh, fuck. So this thing is massive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, which means that- Yeah, you need more than $12 from Michaels. You need more than $12 from Michaels, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I do, I do recommend that YouTube channel because it's very cool. And he explains to you like the entire process of Restoring a painting and all of that shit. Anyways, uh, huh. I cannot. I cannot find a price for this thing. Maybe it's priceless. Maybe. And by has that we mean sold. Has it ever been sold? I believe so. Yes. The person who owns it currently is the owner of the painting. Can you figure out how much they bought it for? I have. No. No. <laughs> like, if it was sold, there's got to be a record. Maybe not. Maybe not. That'd be sold privately. Yeah. Or it's in a museum and it wasn't sold. I have no idea. But I feel like this $35 million bulletproof glass is probably its permanent home. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, you stay here forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I have some opinions about art. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> well, opinions about how they're... I prefer this to a yellow painting with a black line. That's true. <laughs> Work was put into this. A lot of effort was put into that. A lot of that. effort was put in. I'm okay with that. I, I definitely think it deserves more respect, even if it is a Jesus painting. 
than a mustard yellow canvas with yeah. a black line. Like, At that's... the very least, despite the fact that it's a Jesus painting, there was clearly a lot of art and design and like thought yeah. put into this. Yeah. Regardless was... of the subject matter. Yeah. Someone put their life into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do we want another fact? Yeah, let's do it. Luis and Tony de Baron Artos. I thought it said artichoke. I don't know. I butchered that. It's French. Duke of uh hmm? another name I'm gonna butcher that's probably French. Was king of Yep, was king of France for less than 20 minutes. Can you spell the <laughs> the place? Duke of A N G O U L E M E. Angeline. Angeline. Yeah. Angeline. Antoine de Bourbon. Duke of Angeline. King for 20 minutes. His whole, whole last 20 minutes. Louis Antoine of France, Duke of Angeline, was the elder son of Charles X of France and the last Dauphin of France from 1824 to 1830. He was technically King of France and Navarre for less than 20 minutes before he himself abdicated due to his father's abdication during the July Revolution in 1830. Wow. So he gave up the throne after 20 minutes. He said, nah, this is not my thing. I'm done. Oh, gosh. And people start asking too many questions. Yep. Everyone went, huh? And he said, no. <laughs> He was born oh, at Versailles, because of course he was. Hey, all I know about Versailles is a movie, and I have, I don't know why, part of me has like a, has a negative reaction whenever I hear that name. Might be a, a memory you can't unlock. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Versailles is also a town, I think. Anyways, he married his first cousin. No. The eldest child of Louis VI and Marie Antoinette. And the only Gross. member of the immediate royal family to survive the French Revolution. Oh my god. They had no children. Really? Yeah. Oh man. He's lucky then. Yeah. This is what happens when you give up power. You're just like, no, I'm with I'm with you guys. Yeah. Nothing. There was a, a person that I was listening to about the murder with murder mysteries. So, so my parents gave me, let me start off with this. My parents gave me a terrible dead name. Um, like, don't go by that name anymore. But um, they did not look into history when they gave me the name because oh. there are a lot of people with this name that are either married to murderers, dated murderers, or murderers themselves. Oh, gross. Um, so <laughs> there was this, she, like, a duchess or something, or she's not a queen. She was in the royal family, and she was like, the queen of blood or something like that, the blood Oof. queen. And she would like take like servants and like kill them. Like had a torture chamber built when she was Good married God. to this person. She married a person. He was like on board, I guess. And was like, let's build you a torture chamber for when I'm gone. Um, and then she would take these young women. Like at first it was like commoners and servants and stuff. And she would kill them and then drain them of blood and then like drink their blood? Yeah, didn't she like a um like a moisturizer? No. Or was that someone else? This was a different person. I that was a different person, oh. I think. But it, like she had a disease when she was younger and they think like she had gotten it from 
Like, she started doing this because, like, when she was younger, like, you would drink the blood or things of healthy people to, like, heal yourself from whatever the problem was going on with her. Uh Um, Yeah, and then she, like, like, kept doing this, and she got bored with the commoner people, so she started killing, like, luring nobles or, like, upper-class people to her castle. Because she got a castle in this marriage. Like, they got a castle. And this is when she got the torture chamber. And then, like, eventually she started killing, like, high-up noble people. Oh, boy. And that's when she got caught. Because they were like, we should probably... Because this wasn't done in secret. No. She wasn't sneaky about it. What? She was just taking people and torturing and killing them. And then once she started killing, like, like high-high nobles and stuff... Then they were like, we need to stop you. What the fuck? And you know, you know what they did? They hold us. They killed everyone that she was, like, helped her conspire and stuff. They locked her in a tower in her own castle. They did not kill this bitch. (laughs) They were like, everyone else that was involved can die. You get, you get to be locked in your castle. Oh my gosh. They locked her in a, you said in the tower. So they locked her... Technically, in an area where they, she should not have been able to get out, right? Unless yeah, they, they like walled it off. But it's, you can't say that like whatever guard was outside, she didn't go like, can I hide for a little bit? And he would not have like let her. Like you can't say that she was there the whole time. Gosh, I feel like this is the inspiration for the queen in the live-action Snow White movie. Maybe right? Because no. she also like drained young people of blood in order to keep her young complexion but that was magic yeah yeah this was not magic this was just a crazy person this was just someone being absolutely nuts yeah and like it said that her her husband would uh like join her sometime in like oh, torture people. so they were died. crazy yeah well he died first oh i don't remember why did she kill him <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> probably she was like mm. I'm kind of sharing these dead people. I'm going to make you one of them. <laughs> yeah. I would not be surprised. To be fair. Oh, man. Um, I mean, what are you supposed to do if, like, I can't imagine you being one of the people that helped. Because, like, what what would you do? You'd be like, well, if I don't help, I'm going to end up being one of these people. I would have yeeted yeah. her out a window. <laughs> Fuck. That's fair. Punt. The first time I saw her murder somebody, I probably would be taking it back and be like, oh, I need to keep my eye on this. And then the second time she did it, I'd have been like, all right, well, I need to make make a plan to make this this stop. So I got to wait till she gets to the top of the tower. We got to make a plan to have like tea time upstairs or something. And I got to make sure that I'm not the one near the window. And I got to yeet that bitch with my foot. Depending on how big that window is, how how close it is to the floor is going to make make the whole situation difficult. I don't, yeah. we don't, don't murder people. What the fuck? Well, yeah. <laughs> I know she's I'm also, about murdering her, but she's a murderer. It was so also like. like- so the the no like the medium medium people the like not nobles but not commoner people that she was taking like they were sending her sending young girls to her to like learn etiquette and shit. So uh, this was also, this so was she back had in a, a whole time. operation. Yeah, oh, this was back in a time when like like ladies were like delicate and and, and first off that and murderous and murderers like that that was just a show if you don't know always been a show women have always been if uh, you don't know what aqua tafana is go look it up aqua tafana oh my god i forgot about that all right we are just about done my friends do we want a final fact 
Yeah, I can tell you about Aqua Tofana. Do it. Aqua Tofana is, um, was used way back when, when women were married off to abusive husbands and couldn't get out of it. And so um, there was this lady who started a thing where she would poison, put, mix poison together in what looked like a makeup bottle, um, but you wouldn't like use it for makeup. Instead, you would put it in your abusive husband's food and he would slowly die. And it would look like natural causes because he would just get sick. Because they didn't have, like, DNA stuff back then. But, yeah. Yeah. Aqua Tavana. Aqua Tavana. I feel like there was a puppet history about that. Probably. I, I learned all of these from my current favorite YouTuber. Yeah. Mm. Was it Bailey Sars? Sar- Bailey Sarian. Yeah. That- uh, yeah. She's she, uh, Yeah. But this person, like, had a whole ass operation, and it went on for a while. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was on puppet history. Which is also a great show. <laughs> Everyone, watch things about murderers. It's a lot of fun. It's fun. It's a grand old time. Yeah. Don't become one. Yeah, no, don't, don't become, become one. one. Just, like, just listen to it. Yeah, just keep an ear out. For fun. That way you know what to look for. <laughs> yeah. Like why most, most cis white women are obsessed with true crime. <laughs> Because they're part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yay! All right. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, this is not for educational purposes. Who would like to do the ending like with the email? Oh, if you have a fun fact, you can send it to friendlyneighborhoodchangeling at gmail.com. I will hopefully check it and remember to. Sometimes I won't, So, but it'll eventually be on here um, if you send it in. Uh, any random fact or just a thing you think is cool, and then we'll Google it to see if it's true. Yeah. Thank, thank you for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Have a fabulous uh, morning, afternoon, evening, or night, depending on when the heck you ever listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Good night. And good, good night, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Good night. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>